believers, as so I was speaking the word of God, especially now, especially knowing that your breakthrough is at hand, especially knowing that your best days are, are now, now. All the things that you've been praying and believing God for are about to happen on the earth, and, and, and it's time to come out of the bleachers and be a participant. Hallelujah. want to sit and watch this. And in fact, you know, when it comes to praise and worship, we have the best I've ever heard around here, right here, right here. But most times, and, and you know, most times, no fault to them, they have to raise the dead when you come in. <laughs> because it's been a rough week. But the week is only rough because, because Philippians 4, 4 tells you to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It didn't say wait till Sunday and then hope somebody will pump you up. It means you have to be praising the Lord all the time. You don't have to be. You get to be. Bless the Lord, all my soul. David encouraged himself. He said, self, bless the Lord. All that is within me, bless your holy name. He, 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 he had to go and tell himself that he to bless the Lord. So chances are, if he had to tell himself, soul, bless the Lord, then you, you can do it too. And we'll know when you're doing it every day, because when you come in here, this place will go. Listen, this building is not going to contain what God's about to do on the earth. Not even close. Not even close. You think God wants to do a mighty move and, and keep you in this tiny little space? The only thing holding them back is how, bigger, how big is your God? The bigger your God, the bigger your vision. The bigger you can believe. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4.13. The spirit of faith overrides everything in Jesus' name. It brings us un unto the outcome that God has for us. It brings you to the outcome that God has for you. The faith. It brings you to victory. I hath not seen, nor ear heard. Where's that? Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 9, 9 and 10. I have not seen. Listen, you can't see it with your natural eye. I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor even entered into the heart of a man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Can, can we say that again? I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of a man the things that God has prepared the things that God has prepared, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me, but then the next verse, even better. But God gives us revelation of that by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. It's about time to experience some of the deep things of God in your life. But again, it's up to you. What God wants to do is up to you. He wants you to rejoice in the Lord sometimes. And again, I say, amen. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. Look at these. Thank God for healing in my eyes. Hallelujah. 
set glasses here and glasses over there, glasses somewhere else. Joe, you're believing for your sight, and I'm believing God for mine, too. There's no age limit on it. There's no age limit on what God's about to do. Abraham considered not his own body now, smitten with age or the age of Sarah's womb, but became, but became strong in faith. He became strong in faith, believing that what God had promised, God was also powerful to perform. He wasn't going to perform it. He was just going to believe it. You, you get the easy part. All you have to do is believe it. And your believers hooked up to your speaker. You can't be believing one thing and speaking another. You can't go talking negative all the time and expect a positive outcome. Somebody needs to write that down. You cannot speak negative all the time and expect a positive outcome. It's not going to happen. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the most speaks. You mean to tell me I'm responsible? Yes. Be not conformed to this world. Don't think like this world thinks. Transform metamorphosis. How am I going to get this happening in my life? By renewing your mind. You don't think right. By renewing your mind by the word of God so that you can prove what is good, what is acceptable, what's perfect in the will of God. Amen. Okay, Numbers chapter 13. Verse 2, send men to search the land of Canaan to give unto the children of Israel of every tribe, every man from each tribe, right? He said, basically, he said, I'm giving you the land. He didn't mention giants. He didn't mention fortified cities. He didn't, all he all, when when he said, I'm giving you the land, that's when the land transfer took place. As far as he's concerned, it doesn't belong to them anymore. I'm giving it to you. And so because of the transfer, the giants don't matter. Nothing matters. It's, it's now yours. In other words, the giants just became irrelevant. Joshua knew this. Anyway, let's read. Let's read. You are, you're probably familiar with the story, but let's, let's read a little bit of it. Uh, verse 25, and they returned from searching out the land after 40 days. And Moses, and they came unto Moses and Aaron unto, and to on the whole congregation of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back a word unto them and unto all the congregation, showing them the fruit. Now, first off, they, they started out well, they showed them the fruit of the land. They told him, we came unto the land, verse 27, whether you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey. It's every, and this is the fruit of it. In other words, everything that God said is true. <laughs> Nevertheless, because they saw, when you embrace inferiority, you speak defeat. And where you see yourself is where you find yourself. You have to see, this is why it's so important now that you see yourself victorious. Thanks, again, thanks, thanks be to God, who always, you're going to see yourself as a winner. Yes. Not a whiner, a winner. See what you're talking, what are you talking yourself into or what are you talking yourself out of? 
What am I saying? Am I saying I'm expecting God to move mightily in my life? Am I saying in Romans 8.28 that all things are working together for my good? Am I saying 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Am I speaking the word of God? Romans 8.37, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Am I talking positive or talking what we, remember we preached the message one time on ants, automatic negative thoughts. Get the ants out of your house. The bigger your enemy, come on, David learned this with Goliath. The bigger your enemy, the bigger your victory. You don't know what I've been through. Oh, really? Go through all of you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What's the next part? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, your word and your spirit, they comfort me. Making a table for me here on earth. How do I know? Because it's in the presence of my enemies. Not going to have any enemies in heaven. He's preparing a table for you right now in the presence of your You're his feature. You're his, you're his end time show. No, you're his, oh yeah? Watch what I'm about to do now. The devil did this, that, and the other thing starting in 2019 with all of the COVID and all of that and, and emptying the church out. The church across North America still, people went out and stayed out. Surely it's filled with milk and honey, verse 27. Nevertheless, see, when you, when you see it and you don't enter, anyway, nevertheless, the people are strong that go on the land and the cities. God never said one thing about that. They're walled and very great, and moreover, the children of Anak are there. Oh. <laughs> verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people. Before Moses. Uh, this I love this part. Let us go up at once, for we are well able to possess it and we're able to overcome them. Now, interesting because 10 of the leaders said you can't do it and they got what they said. Two of the leaders said they could and they got what they said. So, what are you saying? It's important what you're saying. The victory's in your mouth. Hook your believer up, your speaker up to your believer. That's it. Have no more ants. We're well able to overcome it. And again, it's not how big your problems are. It's how big is your God? How big is your God? But the men that went up with him said, we're not able to, to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up, look what the Bible calls an evil report. A report of unbelief is an evil report. So when you're speaking doubt and unbelief, it's an evil report. It's all about Hebrews chapter 3 to explain this to you in detail. They brought up an evil report in the land that they had searched out, saying the land that we've gone to search is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof, and all of the people that saw it are men of great stature. Safety first. Don't be safe. Live dangerous. Take risks. Not really a risk when it's in the 
the Lord. You can sit and try to protect yourself. No, it's like we were talking the other day, telling our daughter about the people from Vancouver that decided they wanted to save their family. So they moved to the Falkland Islands. They sold their home in Vancouver, moved to the Falkland Islands off, off the South America, thinking that this would be a safe place. They're only there a few months, and a war broke out in the Falkland Islands between Britain and, and the Falkland Islands, and the war was in their yard. And they thought they were going somewhere safe. There's only one place safe. It's in Christ. You're, when you're in him, you're safe. We saw the giants there, verse 33, the sons of Anak, which came down. And we were in our own sight. That's the key right there. We were on, in our own sight, grasshoppers. As we were in theirs. Well, did, I'm sure they didn't walk up and say, do you think I'm a grasshopper? <laughs> you know, Like, where did they get that idea? It was just a, a bad idea. But again, You'll never, but here's the deal. You'll never kill the giants until you kill the grasshopper. You have to kill the grasshopper. You're not a grasshopper. You're not inferior. You're more than a conqueror. You're an heir of God in a joint heir with Jesus. It's time to wake up and see yourself that way. Don't be a grasshopper. Don't assign that identity to yourself. Don't assign a grasshopper mentality to yourself. If God says it's yours, it's yours. And all these things were more than conquerors. Let's go to um let's go see let's go see David over in Samuel chapter. 17. I'm talking about David the redneck. David was a total redneck. He lived in the woods with the sheep. But here's something when you think about him. He was anointed to be the king. And I've met people that, well, I can't do anything in church because I'm a prophet. Well, I'm a, I'm a praise and worship person. I'm this or that. no. What you are is a servant of the Most High God, and you do what he, he says. David was anointed to be a king, and they sent him back out looking after the sheep. Don't you know who I am? I'm Pastor Gary Hooper. been pastoring the church for 32 years. <laughs> my, my greatest gift is Ephesians 2, 6. I've been seated in a heavenly place with Christ, and I couldn't have bought that seat myself. <laughs> Only the grace of God is, by the grace of God we are who we are, and we ought to be all just serving one another. Whatever needs to be done, just do it. Like, are you too good to do it, or are you too, you know... And I, I've been, again, I've been pastor for 32 years. I have met every kind of person that there is out there. Anyway, let's see what he says in verse 26. 17, 26. 
David spoke unto the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away his reproach from Israel? For who is this punk? Who is this punk, uncircumcised Philistine? That he would defy the armies of the living God. He said, I'll go and kill him right now. I'll go kill him with a sword, and he didn't even have one. (laughs) Write this down somewhere. God can't take you to your anointed place until you're faithful in the field. God can't take you to your anointed place until you're faithful in the field. Anointed to be king and found out in the desert, shoveling poop and taking care of sheep. Don't you know who I am? I've been anointed to be the king of Israel. Now, that's, it was the greatest, that, that's the greatest thing that David, to me, ever demonstrated was the fact that he served the people around him, served his father, served the family, never ever got puffed up over a title. So you got a king shoveling poop. Samuel 17.3, did I tell you to go there? Okay, let's go there. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley in between. So a big separation between the two. And uh, if you were just a spectator in the audience, you wouldn't even know what was going on down the valley, right? And so... The short story is, that, you know, David said, who, who is this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine? I'll go and get him myself. Why? Because I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He wasn't afraid. He said, hey, I killed a lion and a bear. In other words, this animal is no different than them. I'll just go, get, I'll just go run him out of the way. And, and again, that redneck talk without even having a sword, without even having a weapon, just let me at him. But because he was faithful with the lion and the bear, can you imagine now? You're in, you're in, you're out in the out in the woods, taking out in the field, taking care of, taking care of the sheep, and the lion and the bear come to destroy your harvest, and you're there by yourself. Like nobody's gonna know if that you just let those guys eat, go about your go about your business. But this man was aware that. He was in the presence of God all the time. Bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. And he lived that way. And he found out that that faithfulness in little ways put him in a position for greater victories. And so one day he's there. And uh, again, just as a, again, I, I don't want you to lose the fact that he was anointed to be the king. Because here he is. And his, all his family's over there in, over in the valley, over in the, on the mountain, rather, facing Goliath. He's home looking after the sheep. And then his father sends a text to him and says, I need you to bring me some cheese, some bread and some cheese. Anyway, let's, read, let's just pick it up in verse 15, and we'll kind of read along a little bit here. And David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening, just like he does with you, 
the devil will come at you first thing in the morning and the last thing at night to attack your thought life. The very first things you think in the morning are usually not positive. Or, or the same thing at night. He's there to tell, the, to, to tell you there's no God in Israel. He returned to Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening, verse 16, for 40 days. And Jesse said unto David, his son, Take now for your brethren an ephah of parts corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp of your brethren. And so he carried the ten cheeses. No, but what a menial task. I got to go and I got to go and wait on tables. Don't they know who I am? I, I have great potential. I just have to pass this test. Carry these cheeses to the captain of the thousand and look and see how your brethren are doing. Now Saul and they that were the men of Israel were in the valley fighting the Philistines and they rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper. And he took, he left the sheep. David rose up early in the morning. David didn't sleep until noon. David rose up early in the morning, ran to the assignment. Just another day though, just another day. Rose up early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took and went to see Jesse, as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. <laughs> they shouted all the time, but they never fought anybody. See, and, and David, like when you when I think about David, I don't know this, and I'd be I'd be careful how to say this, but. His father admitted to having seven sons. Didn't even mention David. And I just, I'm not going to say any more about that. But it's suspicious to me that he was not listed in the family. Not even a member of the family tree. So he had no real options in life. He really needed a way up. The possibility of pain was overshadowed by the potential. Possibility of struggle as a Christian is overshadowed by what God's about to do in your life. There's a revolution getting ready, ready to happen in your life. Come on, every prophet that ever, that, that of, of any creds said the same thing, that the last move of God would be the word and the spirit together. Joel chapter 2 says, both in the first month, the early and the latter rain, both together. And you're here now. You are alive for this. God kept you alive. You could have been born 100 years ago and still been wondering what a shower was. And I like the fact that David didn't compare himself to Goliath. He compared Goliath to God. Remember that, your enemies. Remember how you, how you put... Your devil in his place. If you do the simple things, you'll do the supernatural things. If you do these simple things like David did, rose up early in the morning and left the sheep and ran to the assignment. Just another day. As he talked with them, the giant, the giant came out. 
and spoke according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him. They were so full of faith, it says, verse 24. They were full of faith. No, it says they were sore afraid, which is the first thing that happens when something bad happens. I don't care who you are. The first thing that happens is fear. It's the natural man trying to take over the spirit man. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Now think, this is your spirit. He said, the spirit of fear will come against you, but your spirit is power and love and a sound mind. My spirit, the Holy Spirit, is power, love, and the sound mind. Where did I stop off? Verse uh, 24. Okay, 25. And the men of Israel saw the man that came up, surely to defy Israel as he come up. And David said, what's the prize? That's what you need to ask yourself. What's the prize? Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm steadfast, I'm unmovable, and I'm abound, and get the next part, abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because I know that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, you got to know this, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It doesn't mean you can't have a bad day. Just don't let it turn into a bad week. Amen. I probably told you this story before. One time I was flying with Dr. Barkley in his plane. And Brian Cedor, the pilot, invited me to come up into the cockpit around 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, like, I'm too big to be in a cockpit of a little, whatever it was, plane. What was it? King Ear. Anyway, I got, I got, he invited me to come up and there's lights and controls everywhere. And I'm getting in this thing thinking, I hope, I hope I don't hit the wrong switch here somewhere and crash this thing down. Anyway, I finally get in, got seated there. And he said, uh, he, he kicked it out of autopilot to go down and look at a fire that was taking place in Virginia. So we went down right over top of the fire, took a look. And then he flipped it back on autopilot. We went right back to where we were. Which is what happens to you and I if we don't renew our minds by the word of God. You hear a word like this on a Sunday and you get encouraged by it. And then the first thing that happens is you flip your autopilot and go back thinking the way you always thought. You have to change the way you think. You don't think right. You do not think right. You do not think right. You do not think right. Renewed by, how do I know when I'm thinking right? When I'm thinking the word. When I'm thinking the word, I'm thinking right. When I'm thinking other stuff, it's called stinking thinking. And the people answered and said, verse 27, this is what will happen to the one that kills him. And Eliab, the proud brother, heard him speak, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He probably didn't like him anyway. Why did you come down here? You know, listen to what he says. 
you leave those few sheep. You ever have anybody talk to you like that? Forgive them. Then he says, I know your pride, but he identified his own. <laughs> I know your pride in the naughtiness of your heart. You came down here that you might see the battle. David said, I love what David said. Isn't there a cause? Don't you have a cause? Don't you have a cause? And I don't care where you find yourself today on the 10th day of December. God's about to do something spectacular in your life. And all he needs you to do is believe him. All he needs you to do is say, yes, that's me. I'm taking it. That's mine. I remember one time um, I had a friend from Branson, Branson, Missouri call up. And he said, he said, I just sold my house. He said, a banker, a 24-year-old banker from New York called me and, and asked me how much I owed on my house. He, he owed 250000 bucks on his mortgage. 250000 bucks on his mortgage. And one phone call, he gets a phone call. And on the phone call, the guy says, how much do you owe? And uh, he said, I'll take care of it in the morning. He went from 250000 in debt to debt-free overnight. And then he called me to tell me about it. He said, I called you because I knew you wouldn't be jealous. I said, thanks for calling. I'm next. <laughs> so happy for him. Him and his wife served the Lord. They're now working in Florida, serving Keith Moore. And when when they when Keith Moore tried to pay them for working there, pay her for working there, she said no. She said I'm not. You're not. I'm not taking your pay. You can't pay me as well as God can. She's the one that got her house paid for. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. But those things happen suddenly. And when you when you hear this and say I'm next, instead of wonder what happened to them. I always expect that God, God is no respecter of persons. Hebrews eleven six is one of my favorite verses. Without faith, it's impossible. That means with faith, all things are possible. To him that believeth, you need to believe number one that he's that he exists. We all here to believe that, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. There's a reward hunting you down if you just keep. Stop chasing it away with your mouth. Say, no, Goliath is, Goliath is lunch for me. It's like they said in Samuel 13, Caleb and Joshua, these guys are bread for us. They're bread for us. Bring us the lunch, man. Is there not a cause? Do you have a cause? Amen. I have a cause. I have found out. David turned toward turned them toward the they turned toward one another and answered the same thing. Verse 31. When the words were heard and rehearsed to David, David rehearsed them, they were rehearsed before Saul, and David said, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. I'm not going to read all this, but the short story is Saul thought, well, if this guy's really going to go, 
I'll put my uniform on him. He'll be down in the valley. And if he does kill the giant, I'll get the credit for it. If you know the life of Saul, that's exactly how he thought David would have been lost in the in the shuffle. But anyway, David went and he took a stone. He took five stones. There's grace again, but he took one stone, the stone that the builders rejected. Took one stone, the stone that the builders rejected. Maybe we should just turn there for a minute. Psalm 118. Psalm 118, verse uh, 22. David took a stone, one stone. He had five, but he took one out, and he hit Goliath with it in the head. Didn't kill him. Knocked him cold on the ground, and then David took the sword and cut his head off. But he said he was going to cut his head off. He didn't even have a sword. I'm telling you right now, the potential in a redneck. Verse 22, the stone that the builders have refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in your eyes. Verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice, and I'll be glad in it. The day of rejoicing. Hallelujah. The stone that the builders rejected is what took Goliath down, and the stone that the builders rejected will take down your enemies too. Amen. So this is the day to rejoice. Isn't that what he said in verse 24? Did he say that in verse 24? I lost it. It was Psalm 118. I'm going to close there. I'm just going back to find it again to make sure I didn't leave anything out. That's good there. Okay. Verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected took down Goliath, become the headstone in the corner. This is the Lord's doing. This is not your doing either. See, all you got to do, you get the easy part. All you need to do is believe it. All you need to do is believe it. You don't have to perform it. What God has promised, he's also powerful to perform. He's going to do it. All you got to do is believe it. The stone the builders refused is a headstone in the corner. The Lord's doing is marvelous in your eyes. Next verse, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. He's telling you the victory. This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. We're going to stop there. Any of you have ever shared the word of God, you know you're never done. You just have to pick a place to stop. Hallelujah. I got to say, I I pray over you when I pray over you. I love you. I love you like the book I'm reading right now on Hesed. I'm reading the book that that Billy Brim is talking about on Hesed. It's 126 pages on one word. And the word Hesed, it's like in Samuel chapter 9 when David said, is there anybody left of the host of Saul that I can show kindness to them? It's the word Hesed. And it means, and it's obligatory. I mean, God cannot help it. He must bless you. God cannot help himself. 
He must bless you. And it's not based on your performance. I know when you read uh, TikTok and Facebook and some of that stuff, some of the people on there are cruel, man. They make you think that if you mess up, you're done. How many... I, I like uh, John 8, verse 7. Let the one without sin. Jesus said, let the one without sin yeah. cast the first stone, and they all walked away. <laughs> oh, sinless one, let me bow down before you. It didn't exist. Somebody said the other day, don't judge anybody for their worst day. Who was that? But that's so true. We judge people on their worst days and ignore their best days. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.